Welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you love tennis and want to improve your game, this podcast is for you. Whether it's technique, strategy, equipment, or the mental game, tennis professional Ian Westerman is here to make you a better player. And now, here's Ian. Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast is brought to you by SomersetSportsPerformance.com. Before we get to today's instructional part of the show, I want to just quickly remind you guys about the different ways that you guys can connect with Essential Tennis and find out about new content as it comes out. Not only do you have the forums at EssentialTennis.com, which is a huge way to connect with myself and other members and other tennis enthusiasts and people who are really passionate about the game, but you can also go to Facebook.com slash EssentialTennis and also Twitter.com slash EssentialTennis and YouTube.com slash EssentialTennis where there are all of the recent video analysis content that I'm putting up talking about technique and strategy, etc. So definitely check all those things out. Now getting on with today's show, I'm going to be doing part one of two in a talk with mental expert David Grumping. So today's show number 96 will be part one and 97 will continue the conversation and we answer a lot of great questions. So let's get down to it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. My guest today on the podcast is mental coach and mental expert David Grumping, who works for GeminiExecutiveCoaching.com. I'm sorry, Gemini Executive Coaching, which is at sports.gemexeccoach.com. David, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Ian. It's good to be back. Well, you're definitely one of the, I guess, yeah, I could say the most popular guests I've had on the podcast. Mental tennis <laughs> is definitely one of the topics that is the most sought after and the most requested when it comes to people asking for specific topics on the podcast, and you've been back a number of times to talk about different mental tennis and mental toughness issues, and so it's really good to have you back on to talk about even more topics that we have not covered before, so welcome back to the show, and it's really good to have you. Cool. It's good to be a regular. Yeah, man. Uh, well, before we get started, go ahead and tell people, I, I gave the link briefly there to your website, but please tell people where they can find you and what they can find on your website. Yeah, sure. It's uh, So I'll, I'll say it again. It's sports.gemexeccoach.com or it's sports.geminiexecutivecoaching.com. They're both good. G-E-M-E-X-E-coach.com. And um, so what I, you know, on I think all the pages and definitely the first page, I actually just stuck. There's a link. You can join my my Facebook page. You can be a fan of me on Facebook or a fan of uh, Mental Toughness Training on Facebook, which is pretty cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. And um, there's also a link to subscribe to my blogs. I've got a blog, which is really cool. And I also uh, I, I post some of the older podcasts, courtesy of Essential Tenants that we've done up here. And so it's, uh, you can come and learn and all that stuff, too. So all pretty much for free. Cool. 
good stuff. Well, definitely, listeners, go check out that webpage. And David also comes around to the forums at EssentialTennis.com and asks people for ideas for topics. And that's where we're getting all of our content for today's show. And we're going to be answering a whole bunch of questions today. And we're actually going to be making this a two-part series. We're going to be answering a couple of questions today. This is podcast number, I think this is going to be 96. And in podcast 97, we will complete our conversation. So David and I are getting ready to do a a long recording session here, and it it should be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I hold out okay, David. I I had a cold over the weekend, and I've just gotten over it today. So if my voice sounds a little weak, that's why. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So hopefully I can go an hour without any trouble here. Um, Now, let's go ahead and get started. And our first question today is going to come from Nam on the forums at EssentialTennis.com. And like I said a a second ago, all of our questions come from the forums. And I want to thank everybody, before we even get started, who did submit submit questions. You guys are always a big help in finding good topics to talk about. And Nam would simply like to know how to deal with a cheater while you're playing a tennis match. And this is something that those of you who go out and you do compete – and you play in USTA leagues or maybe high school or, or college or club team, tennis, etc. You're going to have to deal with this at some point. So definitely a very important topic. David, what are your thoughts on playing against somebody who makes, let's say, questionable calls? That's a, that's a question, actually. I, just, I get asked this a lot. And a cheater really is a challenge to your mental toughness. I mean, for a lot of reasons. I mean, it it can have you get conservative with your shots or you know, people think a strategy to deal with the cheaters get conservative with your shots, which is not something necessarily you want to do, actually. Or, you know, you can just get pissed off and, and blow the game, set the whole match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I've seen, I've seen, I, I, you know, I, honestly, I've done them both myself, too. So Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. So, so here's how to deal with it. The first, I mean, the first thing is, you know, it, I guess tennis etiquette 101 is what you want to do is, you know, are you sure, obviously, right? But on the mental part of the game, the first thing you have to do is you can't let yourself, you can't start talking to yourself and get all heated about how they're wrong in their call. They called it how they called it. That's the fact. And what you got is you can ask them, are you sure? And the degree to which you blame them get mad at them, think they're wrong, or think they're terrible people for whatever call they just gave, is the degree to which your mental game is going to suffer. Because that's what your focus is going to be on instead of playing in the zone. So it really takes shifting your focus from how wrong they are, how much of a jerk they are, how they screwed you, all that stuff. It takes shifting your focus from that. And you, know, you also may want to think what exactly goes on in your head about them. Because, yeah, you don't want to kill them, right? It takes <laughs> shifting your focus from that and really letting it go to going on to focus for the next point. Because, look, you know, in reality, you know, they, they just... Well, I, I have a suspicion about cheaters, which I'll share in a second. But, you know, in reality, you know, they just called it, you know, questionably. And because of that, you lost one point. Right. You've got to think that if you stay upset and, you know, and, and focus on the stuff I mentioned before, chances are it's going to have you lose a lot more than one point. Yeah, good point. Losing. 
And, you know, people forget about, you know, these, that we get all bent out of shape with the cheater and, you know, how they're a jerk and they're a terrible person and they're so wrong and blah, blah, blah. We really get focused on that, so we actually then keep losing points when in reality it was one point that we lost. And it seems like it really takes a lot of discipline, doesn't it? Because we we feel like when we're on the courts and that happens, I mean, speaking for myself and I would guess most people, I mean, we feel justified in sitting there and being self-righteous and, and saying, wow, this is a horrible person and I, I shouldn't have to put up with this. And they're basically just saying they're such a bad person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to focus on that, isn't it? Yeah, and being justified about yourself and self-righteous and thinking how they're a bad person, that's actually the... Um, I, I remember in a podcast a long time ago, we talked about uh, eating eating junk food on the court mm-hmm. as, a, as an analogy or a metaphor. I'm not really sure which one. I think, I think it was Twinkies, if I remember correctly. Perfect, Twinkies, yeah. It, yeah. And, you know, a Twinkie <laughs> tastes good, but in the end makes you fat. In this case, uh-huh. it really tastes good to get justified and righteous and think how they're evil and bad. Yeah, sure. But in the end, you know, the set that you blow because you were, because you were focused on that, that's the getting fat part. It's the same principle <laughs> here. And, um, you know, and, and lastly, you know, I, people may or may not agree with me about this, but especially for junior players, you know, I have a suspicion that cheaters in the end, and, you know, you may or may not agree, but this is, this is a viewpoint I take, and it really helps me shift my focus from <laughs> they're a jerk and a cheater to, what, you know, what can I focus on to win? That you know, I think the cheaters, especially the juniors, they're not actually really bad people, and they're evil, and they're trying to actually cheat. We just think they're cheating. I think cheaters are just bad at calling the lines, especially with juniors, because you know, I you know, I, I've spent the time in the court. And I, I see, I see kids, uh, and you know, and juniors, they they make bad calls all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I think there's. Well, I think it goes both ways, personally. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, you're right, I, I've definitely seen kids and adults who, I, I totally agree, who are just bad at calling the lines, and maybe their vision's not great, or their perce- you know depth reception, yeah. or, or whatever. I've definitely seen that, but I can honestly say that I've seen several, I'll say many, I've seen many cheaters, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're definitely out there, for sure, um, but it's... You know, and whether they're, you know, really trying to cheat or not, I don't know if it's the truth. I, but it's something that really helps me to focus on, or to shift my focus from their terrible person and give up my, uh, just my righteousness and justification because it's easy to slip into. Right. Um, and, and one thing to add is I, I've seen, I've seen players, you know, call a ball that is way out. I've seen them call, you know, especially juniors, they call it in. And I have to argue with them, like, no, that was out. And they're calling the ball yeah, in. Yeah, sure. And so they, you know, they, I've seen them call the ball and really stick to their call that is not beneficial for them too. But so maybe I, it would be smart then, just for our own benefit, to just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. It, you know, certainly at first, just so that maybe we can keep our focus a little bit better. Yeah, abs- yeah, that, that's one thing that really helps. And it's it's when my call or, or my perception or my view is better, more valid than their view, that's when you really get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Because that's when you're in that's when you're eating Twinkies and you know, and then you and then you start to worry about another piece of with playing a, a cheater is first to give up that one 
you know, the, the righteousness we would all already discuss. But another another part of it that's really important is, you know, we think a strategy to start get, getting conservative when we start getting afraid to hit anywhere near a line. And that's also something, that's a whole other aspect of it, that it's, I, I don't know if we're, if we have another podcast or if we're going to later uh, from one of the questions, but that's all in the domain of playing to not lose. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's a, a topic we've definitely covered before in past shows. And I, yeah, I agree with you. It can definitely lead towards that kind of tentative or careful playing that can kind of knock us off of our A-game. Right, which is it's another, it's another thing that we can let a cheater have that effect on us also, which is something to definitely avoid playing to not lose. You know, I hope I don't, you know, I hope I don't miss. That's, that's all playing to not lose. And it's not going to, if you play to not lose, chances are you're not going to win. Sure. Well, let's um, move on to our next topic. I, unless you have anything else, uh, any other uh, points to make on that, David? No, that's, that's all set with that, I think. Okay. Well, let's move on to our, our next question, which comes to us from Charles O. in Santa Cruz, California. Charles says, Hi, David. How do you deal with losing? Sometimes I get so frustrated when I lose, especially in matches that I feel like I should have won. And he puts that in, in quotations. Mm-hmm. That I almost feel like quitting tennis altogether. And while we can... While uh, you can use your other advice for improving our mental toughness and chances of winning, let's face it, we are all going to lose sometime. In fact, 50% of all participants in matches will be losers. That's a (laughs) very, very astute uh, observation there, Charles. So I'd be curious to hear what you have to say about this. And I'm I'm curious to hear what what you'll have to say about this as well, David, because, and I'm going to go ahead and speak for all the perfectionists out there, it can be really hard for me to lose any match even even against a player where if i sit down and i'm really honest with myself i i know that this player was a lot better than me in the past for for myself personally if if i don't if i don't play like past my own potential i just feel like i had a crappy day and uh, it was a bad match and they got lucky and all this stuff and i i i personally kind of struggle with what charles is talking about so what are your thoughts on this yeah the i mean the first thing is there, you know, any given Sunday, we can either win or lose a match. We can beat a player who we quote unquote should beat or quote unquote should not beat, or it's up yeah. in the air. And we can also lose to someone we should and should not beat. And you know, the results are going to happen, however they happen. And but the thing to really do is, you know, it's easy to sit down after the match and start berating yourself and start kicking yourself. And, you know, the, the whole phrase, I should have won that match, is that's something that's really, that, that's actually something we use to braid ourselves and kick ourselves. And it's, uh, it's something to really just not let yourself indulge. It, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a little bit like, you know, how we braid the cheater. It's yeah. this, this time we're doing it to ourselves. I should have, I should have won. I, I suck. I can't believe this. I need to do so much better. All, all of that is part of eating a Twinkie again, except it just makes you unhappy in the end. Do we kind of, uh, kind of having a little pity party for ourselves, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like a pity slash kicking yourself party really won't, 
see, we, we think we have to like punish ourselves if we did quote unquote bad or wrong by losing by losing a match or something. We actually don't have to. Just like we don't have to get nervous before a match. We don't have to have a pity party. We don't have to get mad at ourselves for a match. I mean, you know, we we add all this interpretation and, and story and drama in our head about the loss. But that's all stuff that we add. So actually, we don't have to add it. Does that make sense? That, that's a little complicated what it said. Yeah, well, can you explain that in a different way? I think I know what you're saying, but would you mind rephrasing yeah, sure. that? I mean, it's we we get upset after a match based on not because we actually lost, but we get upset with ourselves because of the conversations we have with ourselves after the match. So that's the thing that's actually upsetting. So it's kind of a, a self-induced negative mindset kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And you know, the conversation that we have with ourselves is us berating ourselves or what you know, whatever flavor that you, you may do. Is you know that's all self-induced. It comes from us. We have that conversation with ourselves. So really, the way to and we think we have to have it too, and we kind of like to have it too because we like to break it. We actually like doing that for some reason. It doesn't make sense. But the the conversation that makes that's so upsetting is not one that we actually have to have with ourselves. We just choose <laughs> to. That's a that's that's quite a. Uh... A concept for myself <laughs> and, and yeah, thinking go ahead uh, so we, and we have a lot of practice in in beating ourselves up after a match or having a little pity party yeah. and having you know having a pretty uh harsh conversation with ourselves but the fact is that you lost the match and what there is to do is you know it's a waste of time really it's a waste of time and energy all that to really uh get down on yourself the fact is you lost the match and you could beat yourself up as much as you want, but it's not going to turn the, the results around. And it takes, again, I keep talking about the mental muscle, it takes the mental muscle to intervene on what's normally going to happen. So, well, one, that, Just the one thing so, that you said really kind of struck a chord with me and when you said you don't have to have that internal dialogue or maybe even external, depending on how... Uh, <laughs> depending if there are people around. Much, <laughs> right, Exactly. Um, I mean, myself personally, I, I went through some really hard times in college where I expected so much out of myself. And looking back at it, if I had just given myself a break and really been objective about it and said, you know what, listen, you're, you're working really hard at your game. You're really giving 100% effort out there on the courts. What do you really have to be disappointed about with yourself? You should be happy that you get to be out there. You get to play tennis. You get to play at you know a high enough level that it's really fun and challenging. And I, I wish I would have had more of that kind of attitude back when I was competing full time. And Charles O and the rest of you out there who are perfectionists, I, I really encourage you guys to take a step back and do what David is talking about and, and realize that you don't have to have those negative thoughts or that negative conversation after a loss. And you really can take a lot of positive things out of really just about any match, whether it's a loss or, or win or, or otherwise. Yeah. And I, that's totally dead on. And, you know, one thing I think, you know, there are a lot of reasons we, we berate ourselves after the match or kick ourselves. Uh, but one of them is like, if we think that's the only way to learn from the match, that's like the hardest way to learn from the match. <laughs> and that, it totally is. And, you know, like, just like what you said is you want to, I mean, 
you want to give yourself things to learn from the match whether you won or lost. And, you know, any match is a great opportunity to learn. And if you won, you want to you want to look at what really worked that had you win, so you can do it again. Yeah, that's a and good point. You, yeah, and if I mean, if you lost, then it you know you'll actually learn more if you don't get all pissed off at yourself. If you lost, then look, take an honest, and I mean honest, look at <laughs> what was it that was at the source of you losing. And yeah, it could be. They're way better. So, you know, but a lot of times, you know, we might, it's not as easy to get upset or, yeah, it's not as easy to get upset if you're playing a really good player. You know, like if, if uh, you know, Federer destroyed me, I wouldn't be upset, you know? <laughs> right. But if, if, if someone, <laughs> it's just not that upset. I'm supposed to lose, right? But if someone who I think is worse beat me, then it's a little different. But then you really want to look at, you know, look at your physical game. You know, what was it that they may have been attacking that was weak? And you want to take an objective look at this so you can improve that the next time. What was it in, in your mental game that may have broken down that that may have had you lose? That then you can work on that. Or, you know, maybe you got tired and get more fit. And that, that's pretty much it. And just make sure that that thing doesn't have you ever lose again. Well, and I, I think something something that you said that's so important is that you should be learning something from every match, whether it was a win or loss. And really, I, I like what you said, that you should learn more from a loss. There should be more there for you to learn from because obviously you didn't do something well enough to to take the, the victory. But mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us tend to take a win for granted and say, wow, I'm I'm so awesome. That was a great match. I totally dominated that guy. And just go off and be happy. (laughs) Right, exactly. And not really take anything from it. And then we go and lose and we get all pissed off and feel sorry for ourselves and we don't learn anything that way either. And it's it's kind of a shame. Right, exactly, exactly. All right. Well, anything else on that before we move on, David? No, that's really all I got. Just be nice to yourself, everybody, if you lose. (laughs) Be nice to yourself. Be mean to yourself, not going to get you anymore. (laughs) Give yourself a hug. (laughs) Yeah. That's my advice, Charles. Give yourself a hug. All right, uh, moving on. That's actually a pretty good idea to take some of the seriousness (laughs) and significance out of losing. If you just if you really lose, you find yourself getting upset. Just give yourself a hug. It'll be totally silly looking, but I can't imagine (laughs) if you are genuinely giving yourself a hug, which would be funny. Just keep being pissed off at yourself because it's just it's just really funny. All right, keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Or for for one hundred dollars, David G will come out and give you a hug for you. Yeah. It could be a, it could be a service you can start. Tennis <laughs> hugs. All right, but seriously, let's uh, let's move on to our next question, which is from Brian Mark in Fremont, Nebraska, and he has a question about injuries, which is an interesting one. He wrote and said, "How do I stay focused after an injury on either end of the court? Obviously, an injury on my side takes a physical toll." but it seems hard to focus after someone else gets injured on the other end of the court as well. I find myself watching what he's doing instead of playing my own game. Uh, Then he says, just some issue I realized as I was playing this week, not that anyone got any more injured than they already were, but I was thinking about it. And so that's an interesting question. And I think that typically our response as tennis players is to kind of hold back a little bit, maybe feel sorry for them, and that's kind of a trap, isn't it, David? 
Yeah, I would say holding back and feeling sorry for the other person is always a trap in tennis, whether they're hurt or not. Um, but, you know, in, specifically, if, if somebody falls in the middle of a, in the middle of a, a, a match, you know, and I think we're going to talk about playing friends later, so maybe we should talk about this at the same time because it has to do with the same thing. Okay, uh, do, you want, do you want to save it for then? Let's, let's talk about all, we'll talk all, about all of it now. Does that work? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Well, um, do you want me to read the the friends question, or just go ahead and get started with this one? Uh, yeah, yeah, read the friends question. I also should probably okay. hear the friends one to make sure they're they actually do understand the answer. All right, and this question comes from John in real life, who is in California, and he wrote and said, "David, I'd like to hear a few tips on playing friends. I find my focus and assertiveness." on the court are far better when I'm playing somebody I don't know. When I play friends, I'm frequently very casual about it. I keep telling myself I'll be better focused, but I always slip into my old, over-relaxed, jovial play. I know I can be more focused because I do it against strangers. I just don't bring it out onto the court in matches that I don't have, I'm sorry, that don't have any real bearing. So he's kind of talking about practice matches here, but... I mean, those are important too, and there's going to be a time if you guys play a lot of tennis competitively in your region that you're you're going to play your friends at some point in a real match anyway. So let's go ahead and, and talk about that, David. Right. Yeah. It's you know, with if somebody falls in the middle of a set, or if you're playing a friend, it's actually to be mentally tough. It's really the same thing, and mm-hmm. it takes uh, giving up a couple of of, of notions or. Yeah, a couple of notions, I guess would be a good way to put it. Okay. And, you know, you know the, the first, whether somebody falls or whether it's your friend, um, we want to, we always, people have an innate desire to be admired. And a lot of times we think that being nice or likable is going to get us there. And it may in some situations, but on the tennis court, it will not. See, with being nice on the court, there's really no space for it. So we, we think we're being nice by going easy on the guy who fell or, you know, letting our friend be in the match or something like that. But it's, you know, doing that is actually a disservice to them because think about it. Do you really want someone playing light on you? Not real. I mean, I don't, personally. Yeah, I'm. But, yeah, it's kind of... Uh... It's kind of almost more of a uh, of a right exactly. It's kind of more of a diss to have somebody uh, let up on you and kind of feel sorry for you than it is to just have them crush you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If somebody lets up on you, if you're letting up on someone, you're actually diminishing them. Oh, poor guy, he he fell and he's hurt. Poor guy, <laughs> diminishing. He's, right. He can handle. It. He's fine. I'm sure he's falling on the floor. Maybe not a quarter note. Or it's you know it's 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 uh you know it's. Like if you, we we see we act like if we if we beat someone they're gonna get really upset and and you know they're gonna get really upset and stop talking to us or something you know it's people are not well, that small you know people can deal with getting upset and plus I I think it's important to to point out David that even if they have fallen and maybe they've twisted an ankle or something they've they've made the decision and they've chosen for themselves to get back up, go back on the court, and they've said, yeah, I'm fine. And maybe they're not fine, but they've made the decision to continue right. to compete. And right. 
they're they're going to go ahead and assume that you're going to try to beat them because that's kind of the point of what's yeah, going and, on. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah, they're and you know, and they're going to try and beat you. And right, it, it, it's kind of weird to get on a tennis court where the game you're playing is tennis, where there's a score and there's some, you know, you're trying, to, you're supposed to be trying to win. That's the game you're playing. It's weird to get on the court with someone and play a different game, like being nice to someone game. Or try, they're trying to be liked and admired game. That's weird. It doesn't make sense. It's like, I was going to use a sports example. But I mean, it's like, like a different sport, but I mean, it's like getting on the court and playing, you know, soccer. It's just, it's just you're doing different things. <laughs> well, I think there might be one exception to that, and that would be in, you know, clearly there are times where it's a social environment and you're, you're playing just to catch up with friends or get some exercise or, or whatever, right. but that that's different than than what we're talking about, which would be a, a competitive environment. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. But if 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 you get out on the court to play a match with a friend, there's really no there's no uh environment to be nice. You're not it's you're not supposed to be. And you know, it's it's great to be really friendly and really nice to the person you're playing, but when you actually get in the match, stop and then you can start again. You know, yeah. be really friendly <laughs> and be really nice to them again. And you know, people can people can handle losing. I'm sure they've lost before. So, so what if you're playing against your friend, yeah, and your friend gets injured? Ooh, ooh, double whammy. <laughs> Should probably stop that, playing. I don't know. That'd be tough. <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to look out for their best interest, if they really want to keep going, then then kick their butt, <laughs> and, and maybe well, they'll. I, use, I mean, yeah. I think some listeners might say to you, David, man, you're sounding kind of uh, too cutthroat to me, and maybe you know this sounds kind of mean, uh, and yeah, yeah. you know you need to not take this so seriously. It's just a game, that sort of thing. What what would your response be to, to those kind of statements? Well, I mean, th- this is true. I'm I'm talking more about it in a uh, in a you're playing someone in a competitive match type environment, but you, I mean, you really do have to. I mean, I am taking a pretty uh, cutthroat approach on it um but you know you really want to gauge if it's you know if it's friendly and it's social if you're you know if you're playing someone you know how serious you want to act towards it um but the the thing is a lot of times you know having competition you know both really competing with someone is a lot of fun too and you can also have you know or you can have be social and and relaxed but it's kind of up to you to gauge the situation and i don't know if uh I don't know if it was the question addressed more towards if you're playing a friend in a tournament or if you're playing uh, more just like Saturday afternoon in the park. I wasn't really sure. Sure. Um, but, it, you know, it's really it's really up to you. It's, it's, it's a little difficult to answer hypothetical situations like this, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, 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 up to, it's up to you to gauge, you know, how friendly and social you're going to be. But if you're, if you're playing a tennis match, then play the tennis match. Because, I mean, I, I found, honestly, that if I'm playing someone and I'm being nice to them, it's not much fun for either of us, or at least for me. And, I, you know, I really respect when someone beats me really bad. And I may be a little upset about it, but that's, I mean, I, we just talked about how not get upset when you lose. Sure. Well, anything else on that to add before we move on to our next question? Um... I think that's about it with that one. 
All right, that does it for today's episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast, episode number 96. And to listen to the rest of our conversation, make sure to tune in next time for podcast number 97. And this is only half of the conversation myself and David had. We talk about several other really interesting topics, several of which we've never talked about before on the show. So definitely make sure to check it out. And the best way to continue to get the Essential Tennis Podcast is definitely on iTunes. iTunes is a MP3 player uh, software from Apple. You guys can download for free. And in their music store, you can subscribe to the podcast, again, for free, and receive the show each week as it comes out, right as I release it. And it kind of organizes and keeps them together for you. So I highly recommend that you use iTunes to to manage manage the show and download it automatically each week so check that out if you're not already using it all right that does it for this week take care everybody and good luck with your tennis 